<clears throat> okay, here we go. Yeah, my voice does sound a little better, right? A little, still a little nasal, though. But at least I'm not struggling anymore. Last two weeks, I was, um, I was putting a lot of effort in. People say, well, what effort is it to talk? But it was. <laughs> All right, are we ready? I am. Ready to go? Reg? Good. 302. Episode 302. 302. Not O. It's not an O. It's a zero. O is a letter. Zero is a number. 302. 302 is the correct way to say it. Not 302. It's 302. That's the way we're supposed to say it. You know I'm a stickler. Okay, we ready? I'll give you the... Uh, the countdown, you give, or I'll give you the three, uh, the three S's and then the countdown, and you give me the music, and then uh, I'll give you a podcast. All right? Very good, sir. All right, here we go. Ready? Star, smile, strong. And here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. Hold on a second. Hold, 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 hold. No, I didn't like that. <clears throat> My voice kind of tailed at the end there. <clears throat> Here we go. Ready? Do it again. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. And welcome to another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. And don't forget, it's your job to get out there and spread the word. So tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody who listens to podcasts that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. And it should be theirs, too. That loyalty, that devotion, that tenaciousness, much appreciated. And, of course, if you like what you hear, don't forget, go to WGNRadio.com. Hit the prompt for this podcast, and you will find all previous 301 podcasts just sitting there waiting for you to listen to, waiting, waiting for you to gorge upon, waiting for you to binge. As I always say, go back and listen to where we were so you'll get a little hint as to where we may be going. Always try to keep this as a dialogue between us, and so it always pays to know what I've been talking about before, so what we can be talking about today, which actually might come into play as we begin episode number 302, I've been talking, as everyone, I would assume, in the world. How many times can you say that, right? That there is a topic that is so big, that is so universal, that is so relatable, that touches everyone's life on this planet. There are not many topics that have reached that 
kind of saturation point. I mean, there are, there. I mean, wow, I don't even, how many are, have there been? This is one of them. I don't know if there are others, to be honest, at least in my lifetime. Uh, I mean, I suppose a world war, I wasn't around for World War One or World War Two. I mean, perhaps that was on everyone's mind, especially after December 7th, 1941, when the United States entered, because then literally we were um, sort of the last big shoe to drop in that. You know, people forget we were not involved in World War II for a while. At that time, America was still very isolationist, and we felt very burned and um, not, well, not so much burned, but just uh, unfulfilled um, and aghast at what was going on during World War One. Once again, a, a war that started in Europe. And uh, America, you know, America uh, in the early 1900s for World War One, and even in the mid-1900s for World War Two, still relatively a new country. You say, well, I mean, Jim, it was almost, you know, it's more than a hundred years old. That's not nothing. That, that's that's nothing. That's not a lot for a country. Even today, as we start to talk, we're getting close to two hundred fifty years of our uh, of our existence from seventeen seventy six. In a few years, about four years, we will be at uh, at two hundred fifty, and that's nothing in the grand scheme of history. Oh my gosh, it's a blip. If you look at some of the great dynasties and empires of through history, they they were they were they were ruling and they were dominant in the world for for um, five hundred years, for a thousand years, two hundred and fifty. What are we at? Two hundred and forty. Uh, we're not even there yet, right? Two hundred and forty-five. We're not even there yet. Well, well, not 245, right? We're at 244, almost 245. Right? 76. I have to do math in my head now. <laughs> this year will be uh, 6. Two, two, 246. So uh, right now we're at 245. So, yeah, I mean, that's impressive. But if you ever go to Italy or Greece... I've been to both, and I can tell you that uh, what is mystifying and just not even mystifying, it is mystifying because you can't believe that that man has been around this long, uh, but what is just off, you, you, it's just mesmerizing, I guess might be the word. You you see these structures, the you know, the forum and the Acropolis and things like this and these in these countries that have these ancient histories and um you know you realize that you know here we in the united states we're all happy we're all proud oh we've been around for 200 almost 250 years and you know in italy or in greece if there's a stone or an artifact or something from a previous uh you know civilization there uh that's 250 years old they've got so much history that dates back before christ before the uh, Gregorian calendar that uh, I mean, they throw they, they they throw rocks and statues away 
that are only 250 years old. What are we going to do with that? I mean, we've got stuff here that's several thousand, 250. Put it in the stack. Put it in the pile. We, we won't throw it away. We'll put it in that pile there. But, I mean, that's, you know, it, 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 we found it. It's nice. It's, it's proof of something. But we're not going to show it off in a museum at 250 years old. What's that? And here in the United States, we're all, whoa, we, you know, 250. Wow. <laughs> We got a while to go here. We've had a good run, but even at the beginning, our our uh, country and our democracy was was far from well established uh, in our early days. There were many wars that went on after the Revolutionary War that threatened us from uh, other countries, both at our borders, like the Mexican, uh, you know, the, the Mexican uh, American War and, and and War of eighteen twelve and things like that. We were far from uh not untouchable we were a fledgling comp- uh, f- a fledgling new country we and, and 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 for you know and as dominant as we are economically look at what we're talking about today we're talking about democracy being at risk you think that after 254 years or 256 now almost that we'd have this thing down and no we're, we were feeling pressure from around the world so 250 years is impressive but uh and and believe me i'm sure that when that happens and i was around for the bicentennial that our 200th birthday and i'm sure that there will be a lot of flag waving waving and a lot of patriotism uh you know in 2026 and uh if you're old enough you'll remember that uh for like a year and a half before that at least a year uh, there, the celebrations were already beginning, and one of the more popular uh, additions to the pop culture as we were running up to our bicentennial, our 200th birthday in, in, in 1976, was, um, was something on CBS called the Bicentennial Minute. And I have to say, it was, it was, it was, it was a pretty ambitious... And uh, I think worthwhile program. It was it was called the Bicentennial Minute, and it was on usually, I believe, if I remember correctly, I'm just going off by my memory now, it was on just before the evening programming started. So say in New York, like 8 o'clock here in Central and the Chicago area, at 7 o'clock before the, the evening slate of shows started. There was the Bicentennial Minute, and it usually featured a historian or um, a celebrity or some well-known person of, of, of note, and they would uh, recall something that happened either on that exact day or around that time leading up to the American Revolution. And it was actually a, <laughs> an ambitious project because it, it the, the goal was to educate the country to say, you know, not only we should be getting ready for this 200th birthday, which we, we want to celebrate, but um, we also should know more about our country's history. There's much more to know than we've just been learning in, in school. And we've been hearing about the way history has been manipulated over the decades um, in terms of 
of uh, importance or emphasis on what we're taught in schools. And there's a lot of history that's happened in this country and even around this world that we don't even know about, that, that doesn't even get covered. And we wind up graduating from school and, and, and being done with that. And then we get to be older and we find out that there's all these other things that happen that we were never taught about. So I thought it was an interesting concept. It became kind of a joke, too, the bicentennial. You know, people would do parodies on it. But when I look back in retrospect, it was kind of a cool idea. It was certainly uh, a, a progressive idea to, to educate the American people, to, to educate the American public and maybe other people around the world who are watching it, as to the events that led to the revolution and the birth of this country, and I would hope that you know, as as and, and there would be some. There, I, I think there would be some jokes about it, but I think it would be a great idea. As as it gets close again, I'm not sure how many years out. I think it was either one or two years before, and so you you, you got used to it every day. Every day there was another bicentennial minute before the programming started, and uh, they it was just a minute of concise information about something that happened a, a, a an event or somebody was born or you know who would later go on to something of importance but obviously a lot of work and a lot of research went into this and uh and i remember watching them and you'd watch them every day out of you know, if you watch cbs it was on and, uh, you know, there was, as I said before, there were celebrities and things. And, and, and sometimes, I mean, I don't remember what I learned specifically from that, but I know that I, I used to watch them and kind of look forward to them. They became uh, some, they were on for so long, at least a couple of years, a year and a half or so, that uh, you just got used to them and uh, they became part of the programming. And it was this nice little minute long history class that was digestible and uh, sometimes these stories were in the people and the events were a lot more interesting than others but it was i would assume i was a young kid at the time but i would assume it was fairly comprehensive i would i would suggest they do that again because my gosh do we need help in the history department here in today's society if you think people didn't know about history in 1974 75 leading up to 1976 in 2022, we consider history now something that happened five years ago. Forget 200 years ago or 1,000 years ago oh, or 50. Nobody knows anything about what happened over the last, if it didn't happen in the last 20 minutes. So I am coming out right now here in 2022 to say uh, I hope there's going to be it's not going to be a bicentennial minute. I'm not sure what two. I have to look this up. This is off the top of my head, so I apologize. Uh, I don't know what what 250 is called. Bicentennial is obviously 200. Tricentennial is 300. I'm not sure what the what the official term is for 250. But whatever it is, I would say bring back that minute again, especially in today's world with all the you know the all the all the options and all the access and all the platforms somebody out there whether it's on regular television or whether it's on a an app or whether it's on a website someone should be putting together right now and you say jim then why don't you do it maybe i should right (laughs) uh i give all these other great ideas out i should do it myself right but uh yeah i i liked the bicentennial minute and i hope that we have that same kind of thing as we 
as we gear up toward our 250th birthday in about four years. So, anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I, I got on that topic, uh, and I promise I will, I will always circle back, talking about how, how are there any topics in history uh, that have affected so many people, and then I started about World War II. Wow, I, I don't know how I got on the Bicentennial Minute. Holy smokes. But that's why you love this podcast. Just grab my hand. I will I will take you by the hand and lead you down. I've got a path I'm going down. Trust me. Sometimes we just take a few little detours, but I will always make sure that those detours are worth getting off that main path. And we will find our way back. I always leave crumbs. I always drop some breadcrumbs just to make sure. But yes, the Bicentennial Minute, if you never heard about it, look it up. And I would, I hope that uh, we have uh, a 250th birthday minute or whatever the official term for the 250th birthday will be. I'll have to look that up too. <laughs> but uh, back to my original point, I don't know what I want to talk about today is I don't know if there's any topic that is as prevalent around the globe. There is one. There may be several others that may have happened. But right now, there is one, and that is, of course, COVID. And, uh, but I'm not going to get on a soapbox today. I'm not going to tell you about wearing masks or not wearing masks or what we should do or what we shouldn't do. I mean, that's been done to death. We've talked about it. We're practic- we're, we are now inching up now. Uh, in fact, this podcast uh will be posted i'm recording it a couple days before but this podcast will be posted on march 7th so next week we will have reached the two-year mark of this pandemic of us dealing with it in a serious way because i believe march 11th i believe it was march 12th when everything really shut down almost on on that day, everything just, the dominoes fell, if you remember. That's two years ago, and we're still not out of the woods. I know we're acting like we are, and all these mask mandates are being lifted, and we're we're you know pounding our chest about uh, how hospitalizations are down and new cases are down, and we're all talking about uh, how uh, you know we can start to begin to get back to normal again, and I've talked about what normal is, and if there really will be a normal anymore, and, or, or and whatever normal that we can that we begin to follow when this pandemic does end, uh, it will not be the same normal of two years ago. It can't be. We've been dealing with abnormal for too long. We've already changed our routines, and we don't even realize how much it is. So there will be normal but it will not be the same as it was prior to march 12th 2020 but we are uh, i think one of the reasons that we are going about this in a more uh, at least officially now from the government from the president on down recently gave a state of the union speech we're seeing governors around the country lifting these mandates everybody's talking about how all these um these statistics are sh- are going down in terms of new infections and things like that. And so uh, I think one of the main drivers for that is not only the fatigue that we've had as we reached the, our second anniversary of dealing with COVID, which many thought uh, this 
this virus and, and whatever we had to do to deal with it was going to be over within months. Remember that? <laughs> we thought it was going to be over in months. Let's say it's Mar- it's, you know, mid- by mid-March. If you remember, President Trump said it would be done, it would be gone by Easter of that year. Easter, like a month later. That was his initial prediction. So this is uh, this has certainly gone longer than a lot of people have thought, and and certainly longer than most people have wanted. Uh, there is a lot of fatigue, and people have. It seems like people have just given up. And I th- I believe one of the reasons why these ma- these mask mandates are being lifted. Certainly, um, we've done this before. We've talked about last year in May. The president said, "Take off your mask," which I believe led to. The surge that we had in the summer and then probably which led to the surge that we had in the winter. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed on this latest one of take off your masks. But at the same time, I'm taking side bets here as to when the next surge will happen. And so far, since we're doing it in March, a little earlier than last year that I'm going to say I'm I'm taking July. (laughs) I'm taking July or early August. Last year was about late August, early September when the uh, the, the the surge started again. Uh, I'm going to say uh, maybe mid-July, maybe a 4th of July, maybe after the 4th of July picnics especially, right? But yeah, I, I I mean this this I know everybody's been vaccinated, and I know that uh, you know we're saying that things are getting better, but we've seen the way this this virus acts. So I hope I'm wrong. I've been hoping I've been wrong for two years now, almost. But, but sadly, I haven't. And this uh, virus will continue to do what it wants to do until we get serious. And I just think that the majority of these mask mandates that are being lifted are being lifted for one reason. We have an election coming up in November. And a lot of governors and a lot of congressmen, senators, and representatives are going up for re-election. And they know that uh, the body politic is getting tired and, 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 and businesses are anxious to get rid of all these mask mandates and they they want to make sure now that, you know, because you know, the public has a very short memory. So even those who were the most staunch mask mandators over the last two years, they are either up for re-election or they're worried about their party in the upcoming midterm elections. And so suddenly everybody's tune is changing and all the mass da- mandates are leaving. And suddenly there is this kind of, uh, even even the president in his State of the Union talked about test and treat. That's the new phrase. Before we were worried about detection and uh, lockdowns, and now we are talking about testing and treating and how we can go on and uh, you know live with this to some extent, although the president said in his State of the Union that he doesn't believe that we should be living with it. We want to eradicate it. But I guess the, the path to elimination is initially living with it and treating it and testing for it. But that seems to be until and if, and I'll, there's there's an if, even though I'm taking side bets on when. <laughs> I think it's more when than if. But I'm going to be optimistic with with everyone else here. Um, but if there is another surge, uh, then uh, the way to I guess that's the way we're looking at it. 
CDC, the World Health Organization, everybody seems to be, at least at this point, pushing forward a more optimistic message and view that uh, the pandemic is finally ending. We have heard that many times. We've had, what, four, five, six surges? And we've always had this this idea of a post-pandemic world, and then we have been slapped in the face again. I know that a lot of people are boosted. I know a lot of people are vaccinated, but everybody isn't, especially around the world. And this virus has proven to be very resilient. So I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to be realistic. And sometimes realism gets in the way of optimism. But realism usually is what happens. So fingers crossed. The president has said, take off your masks. He said that in May. That didn't work. He's saying it again in March. We'll see. I hope he's right. The reason I am a little skeptical about this latest um, optimism is because not only have we seen in the past, and we we have told been told this by medical es- experts that even if you are vaccinated, even if you are boosted, this Omicron variant is very contagious. May not be as serious in terms of its symptoms, but certainly is much more infectious than the original Delta version of COVID that we were dealing with two years ago. And uh, I say that, and I believe that, and I'll tell you why I believe that. If you've been listening to this podcast over the last two weeks, you have heard uh, that my voice, and I'm still not 100% in terms of my instrument being at its uh, optimum levels, but if you've listened today, I think you can, I'm still a little nasal, you can hear that, I can hear it at least, but if you listened uh, over the last two weeks, especially two weeks ago, ironically, on my 300th episode, right, the one that is going to go down in history, right, <laughs> I don't know if that's true, uh, my voice was really hoarse and raspy and I was struggling and uh, I got through it but if you listen to that it was uh, uh, you know a lot of people think it's easy to talk but it isn't when when your voice is is strained and even last week was a little better than the week before but not perfect and even this week three weeks later um, still not completely but certainly, I, I I feel stronger. There's no question about that. But I do. I, I can feel a little nasal, and I've been blowing my nose a little, but not as much as I had been. So hopefully by next week, <clears throat> this is all gone. But um, but I believe that the, the the stories about the contagiousness of the Omicron, regardless of your vaccination status, is true. Because if you remember, if you listened, and that's why I always say, go back and listen to previous podcasts and you can go very easy here. If you want to, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to number 300 and listen to my voice and 301 of last week. And, uh, 
and you'll hear it. Um, but on my 300th episode, I was apologizing for the quality of my voice. But once again, it was my 300th episode, and I didn't want to miss one. I haven't missed one. So in, since I've been doing this since May of 2016, I wasn't about to miss number 300. So I battled through it. Um, but if you remember, if you listen, and if you don't remember, go back and listen. I mentioned to you at that time that, um, yes, although my voice is very hoarse and I am straining and I seem to have a little of a sore throat, I have tested for COVID and I am negative. That's what I said because I just did test the day before that. I tested, I recorded that podcast on the Wednesday of the week before. So I would think that, let's see, um, that was the 13th was a Sunday. So Monday was Valentine's Day was Monday, the 14th. So I tested on February 15th. And I recorded the podcast, I'm talking about number 300, on February 16th, a Wednesday. So I, I tested it, I, I tested myself on Tuesday because I was feeling um, a little uh, tickle in my throat. I had no fever, but I was feeling that my, my, my throat was getting maybe a little sore and I felt a little hoarseness. Now, as I said, I think before too, I had just finished a play. And I was projecting quite a bit over the, you know, over not only over the last couple of months for rehearsal, but certainly the week leading up to that as we were um, in our final rehearsals for the week and in the theater. So I was, I was pushing my voice a little more to project, to fill the room, and then just got through on that Sunday with the third show, the, the last, we only did three shows, three shows of that run. And so obviously, um, you know, was speaking loud. And I've had that before, where I've gotten laryngitis or a hoarse voice after doing a play for a while, just because you are taxing that your voice uh, from you know to, with no microphones, you are you know you are projecting what your voice is to the the room. You have to do it, or people can't hear you. So I I I, uh, I did take a test because apparently also. From what we we the next day after the play the play ended on the thirteenth of um, of February, the next morning I woke up and there was a uh, an app that we had that we could send messages to, to for everybody involved in the play, the news or updates or just you know conversing uh, with each other and the cast and the crew, and a couple of people sent a message. That on the on Monday, the day before, the day after the play ended, that they were not feeling well, that they had a fever, that they had a sore throat, that they were very tired, and that they were going to take, and they believed that they may have COVID, and that they were going to take a rapid test to uh, to find out. And two of them initially uh, came back, you know, within hours, and said, "I just tested positive, so you might want to test." And so I did that on Monday, and then I did another one on Tuesday, and I was negative for both. So I was fairly, uh, I was fairly confident that uh, I was was COVID free. 
And ultimately, as the weeks went on, about a week and a half went, I believe about six or seven people that were associated with the play, mostly the actors, were uh, did wind up getting uh, COVID. Nothing serious. No one was hospitalized. But they did get COVID, about six or seven people. So uh, I felt like I, I was lucky, and, and, and um, as I said, you know, we did not um, we did not have our masks on during the show. We were supposed to have our masks on as soon as we got off stage. You're supposed to put your mask back on, but there were some people that were not wearing masks, especially in close quarters. You, you're going to go off stage and go right back on. You don't put the mask on for two seconds. There were people in the dressing room. You're putting makeup on. You got to take your mask off, right? So there was a lot of exposure. I think most people did try to adhere to the mask on, mask off kind of, uh, uh, you know, protocol that we were trying to follow. But at the same time, it was almost impossible. And there were 30 people in the group. And so obviously, uh, you know, we weren't living in a bubble. People were going home. People were interacting with people around anywhere, right? So who knows? But obviously, COVID was introduced uh, in that situation. And, uh, you know, once again, it's insidious. You have no way of knowing. And it was, I find it interesting that it was on the day after the play where people started to, I don't know if they were, if they were feeling that way a couple of days before and didn't say anything because they didn't want to let everybody down and because they would have to pull out of the show. What do you do? So I don't know what the circumstances were, but it was, it was, it was interesting. I didn't go, uh, but there, and there was an after party. And one of the reasons I didn't go is just because I just wanted to get away. I mean, it's like, you know, I was like, okay, I, I had my mask off enough on stage with people and I didn't, and I saw people going to that party where they're not going to wear their masks. So, and I think, as I said, I think there, that we are, we have been, especially as the surge ended over the last couple of weeks, you know, people again started to let down their guard. We're hearing people, okay, the surge is over, the fatigue setting in. So there was a lot of, you know, and everybody's, oh, I've been, I've been boosted and, and double vax. So there was a little false sense of security. So I saw a lot of masks, you know, people half mask, half off. And so I just felt like, you know, I didn't feel comfortable. Um, so anyway, I took the two tests, two rapid tests on the Monday and Tuesday, and I was negative. So I was fairly confident that I had dodged a bullet, but I did. And as you can hear on episode 300, I had a very uh, serious um, you know, laryngitis. And my, my throat was really hurting um, by the end of Wednesday and then Thursday. And even into in Thursday night, especially, uh, was really tough. I woke up in the middle of the night. I mean, I, it hurt so bad that when I was swallowing, my, my throat was so raw, I guess. I don't know. that. And maybe it wasn't raw. I don't know. I was, it hurt so much that um, when I was swallowing, my ears were hurting just because of all the muscles involved. As I said, I think before, ear, nose, and throat, right? And I was doing all the homemade home. Re- I was, you know, I was, I was using Hall's, uh, you know, lozenges, uh, and you know, for a sore throat. And I was gargling with salt water. And I was, um, I had tea with honey in it. So I was doing all these things. And I even, I, and and I even put a hot compress on my throat overnight, which actually seemed to help as well. And and ironically, on that Friday. Um, it was gone. 
so I Wednesday when I recorded was was really tough. Um, I still I still was kind of clogged and I was still was kind of hoarse, but the pain of my throat was gone. And so uh, and as I said before, I've had uh, especially during you know either during or or especially after I've done you know plays and things, I've had some laryngitis and some sore throats just because you are taxing that and you are kind of running yourself down your immune system with all the rehearsals and and all the stuff that goes on with that and the, and the pressures of it. Um, so really for like two days, Wednesday and Thursday, I had I had a really serious sore throat and laryngitis. But by Friday, um, it, it went away. And I was like, okay, well, I guess this worked. You know, it's fine. And uh, And I felt fine, never had a fever. Never had any kind of shortness of breath. Never had any ch- you know chest pains or anything. I just had this sore throat, which to me made sense because I just was taxing my voice. And so on we went, right? And, uh, you know, no, nothing to worry about there. And then my wife got, um, started to get a little sick. She's, I think I caught, so I just said, you know what? In the end, you know, I, I think I even mentioned to you about masks in my last episode saying, that uh, I think masks work because here I, I hadn't caught a cold for two years and here I had caught a cold. I assumed I, I, I tested negative twice for COVID and uh, and then the sore throat and uh, went away in a couple of days. I was still a little clogged and congested, but I didn't, I didn't never had a fever. So I just figured, hey, you know what? These masks must work because when I took them off, even for a couple of three days around some people, I caught a cold. And that was my view. And then a couple of days after, my wife said, you know, I think I caught your cold now. <laughs> and so, um, and she was not feeling well. And so she was starting to feel, and it started to linger, and she started to feel like a sore throat, and she felt really tired. And I never had that. Even when I had the sore throat, I wasn't lethargic. I just had this sore throat, which I've had in the past. And a little congested. So these were symptoms that I had had before. I wasn't feeling the 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 usual kind of uh, COVID symptoms. So I assumed I had, you know, sore throat and a little cold. And I was working a lot. And, uh, you know, my immune system may have been down because of the long rehearsals leading up to the show, blah, blah, blah. But my wife uh, really seemed to begin, you know, she, she was uh, sore throat. No fever, but sore throat, feeling a little, feeling congested, feeling a little in the chest and being, ve- and being very tired, in fact, being a little foggy. So I said, you know, I think you might want to take a test because you seem to have um, those symptoms. And once again, I'm, I, I, now my, I'm, I'm symptom free. I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling anything at this point. I had these two days of, uh, of the sore throat and it went away completely and i felt fine so lo and behold uh and then of course i went out of town i was talking to her on the phone she said i really don't feel well i went out of town i went to see a couple more elton shows in new york and um so uh, i felt fine and i went and uh, but she was not feeling well so i said you know you should probably take a test and so she took a test, and she called me up a little later in the day, and she said, uh, it's positive. 
I just tested positive for COVID. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Because we have been very diligent. I have been talking about that for two years, how diligent we have been. And so it was ironic that she would catch this in a time now when the infection rates have been going down. She didn't get this over Christmas or New Year's or even you know, throughout January when the numbers were spiking. She gets it now in, in mid to late February when everything was starting to slow down. And she really hasn't been going out. She did go out to the grocery store the day before she didn't feel good. On that Saturday, she went to the grocery store, and and who knows? Once again, even though she was wearing a mask, two masks, it's it's everywhere. And I said before about the contagiousness of this. So who knows when she got this? But uh, I was feeling fine. My now my sore throat was almost a week a week away. It was gone already. Still a little congested in my, my, in my nose, but I just feel I just felt well. It's it's the you know the remnants of this cold that I had. No big deal. So I was uh, I was out of town on Tuesday and Wednesday, and she took I I can't now I'm trying to remember if she took the test on Tuesday or Wednesday, but I was out of town, and so I'm coming back on Thursday now. And I'm like, well, I I better take a test just to be safe because she wasn't feeling good on Sunday. And I was still there on Sunday and Monday. Even though I'm feeling no symptoms whatsoever at all, felt fine. You never know. Right? Now, I will I will be I've always been very honest with uh with you guys. Uh I will say that um, when I was at the Elton John concert in Madison Square Garden, right, 20,000 people there, it was an interesting protocol for Madison Square Garden. You needed to show your vaccination, your proof of vaccination, but you, but wearing a mask was not mandatory. So in their view, you have to show that you've been triple vaxxed or double vaxxed, in my case, triple vaxxed with the booster, but then when you were in the in arena, you know, side by side, shoulder to shoulder, 20,000 people screaming, singing, um, you didn't have to wear a mask, which I thought was a little odd. I did wear my mask the majority of the time, but I, I, I did have it down at times. And so, and 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 to be honest and fair, uh, even when I saw Elton on February fourth and fifth and February eighth, same deals. You had to get in with, uh, you know, proof of your vaccination, and you were supposed to be wearing your mask. But a lot of once the lights went down, most people took their masks off. And once again, I didn't have my mask off the whole time, but I did take it off at times, and I probably shouldn't have. But I was feeling a little emboldened with the fact that, uh, you know, the numbers had been decreasing, that I did have these vaccinations, and I don't know if it was peer pressure or just the excitement of the concert, but I did have my mask off, and all it takes is one second, right? So, you know, once I took the mask off, I probably it, it probably did me no good to put it back on again, right? 
I mean, if it's off, it's off. If you were, you know, I could have gotten infected and that was it. I put the mask back on. Who knows? But as I said, I didn't feel any symptoms after any of those shows. After any of those um, occurrences on the 4th and the 5th and on the 8th. And the only time I really felt any kind of sick symptom was, as I said before, on the 15th, which was after I may have been exposed to somebody during the play. So I don't know uh, if I you know, was exposed to COVID at those three major events on the 4th and the 5th and the 8th. I know I was exposed, certainly, during the play sometime because several people in the play came down with COVID. So I'm not sure, but I, you know, just to be on the record, I was not as diligent as I should have been. And at the same time, maybe I let my guard down because I felt, well, you know, maybe, you know, it's been two years and have I, and I have not caught it. Uh, Even when I didn't catch it, even when, you know, there was no vaccine. And so here we are, I've been, you know, vaccinated and boosted. And so, and I've, you know, been going out in restaurants with people that are that are in the same situation, but not with 20,000 people, right? And you're still at your table. And even when I've, we've gone to restaurants, not a lot, but a few times, when the waiter came by, I would, we would put our mask on. But when we're at the table with friends that we knew were, were vaccinated, we had the masks off. So there was certainly, uh, I wasn't, I was taking the mask off a little more in public than I had over the last two years. But at the same time, I felt fairly confident because of my vaccination um, status of not only the double vax, but the booster. And as I said, uh, I I went to those three concerts and uh, did not have any symptoms whatsoever, did not feel sick at all after any of those. Usually they say, what, two or three days after you may have been exposed, you'll begin to show. So when I look back at the... Um, at those incidents, I don't believe that, uh, even though I had my mask off, I don't believe I, I contracted it at any of those shows. So um, I come home on Thursday, <clears throat> and uh, now my wife you know, has taken a couple of tests, and she actually took pictures of the test to show. The first, time she, the first test she took, um, there was a faint line, and I said, well, you know, there's been a lot of false positives. Why don't you take another test? And then when she took the second test, it was very, the, the, you know, the, the, the positive line for, on these tests. I don't know if you've ever taken any of these rapid tests at home. But in the little, little window, there's two lines. And there's the control and the sample. And the control line is always there. And the sample line is the one that will decide whether you are negative or positive. If there is no line near the sample area then you are negative if there so if there's just a control line one line you are negative if there are two little lines that develop after 15 minutes or so after you put your sample in there um, then you are positive the control line should always be there and then the question is does the sample line uh, the sample area have a line in it or not so if two lines appear you are positive for covid if the the the, the sample line is 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 clear and there's only the one line, the control line, you are negative. And even if the line is very faint, 
Maybe it's not as bold as that control line, but as long as there is some kind of a line or a fi- or a, just a hint of a line or a, the faintest of a line in that sample area that would create the second line, you are considered positive for COVID. And as I said, so she took the first one. It was very faint. So I said, you know, that first one looks a little faint. It's, I mean, I could see there's a line there, but it's very, so you never know. I Take another one. Thankfully, we had we had bought a few uh, tests just to have around, and uh, we got a couple. You know, we I, I signed up for those government tests, and they sent those, so we had enough tests. I said we've got the tests, so what? Let, that's why we got them, right? What are we going to save them? Use them. Let's go. We we got a question here, and she said when she took the second one, that second line just was there even before the control line. So she's like, no, no, <laughs> that's. And she sent me a picture. She's like, I've got it. So I'm like, wow, okay. And she's been quarantined anyway. She's been working from home. Um, she hasn't been going out very much at all. I've been doing most of the the shopping and things like that. So it was kind of strange as to when she got it, but she did go out that one day, as we said, right before she was feeling the day before. So who knows if, she, even though she was masked, you never know. I mean, these masks are supposed to, you know, be a, a deterrent, but they're not 100%. And she was out in a grocery store with a lot of people and who knows, you know, touching things or breathing things. You never know. Um, so she definitely had it. And so then I came home on Thursday and once again, not feeling any, any symptoms whatsoever, just a little nasal congestion. Now the throat was fine. No, no, I mean, a little laryngitis still, you know, a little hoarse, but nothing, uh, you know, like I had and no pain whatsoever. And once again, never shortness of breath, never any kind of tightness in the chest or, you know, hurting like your chest hurts or something. Nothing. No fever. Never had a fever, which I would think would be a main uh, symptom because if you've got an infection, you know, a fever is is a, is a you know, is a symptom of your body fighting off some kind of an infection, some kind of a virus. That's how you know you're sick, right? That's the definition. Never had a fever. I, and I was, and when I had the sore throat, I was taking my temperature. I was 98.6, 98.4, the loop. <laughs> you know, so uh, I would not even, not only did I not have a fever, I was even under, you know, 98.6. So that's why I was, fairly confident that I did not have it. And the, and the tests on the Monday and Tuesday showed I didn't have it. So why take another one? Um, I, I had the sore throat, and it went away in two days. Never had a fever. Didn't have any of the other symptoms, so whatever. But um, I said, well, I was in the house, though. When she was feeling kind of sick, she thought she was just having the cold that I had that had gone away, in my mind. So when I came home on Thursday... Um, first thing I did was I took a test once again, feeling fine. And (laughs) much to my shock and surprise, there was a faint line by the sample. There was a faint line. So I'm like, well, this can't be right. It was very faint, very faint. 
once again, we couldn't even see it. We took a picture of it, and only with the picture could you faintly see that line, but it was there. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to take another one because I, I don't, I, I, I'm not feeling anything. This doesn't make any sense. And I've been gone these two days when you were feeling the worst, and I haven't felt anything in a week. So I told you, I took my last test on the twenty on the fifteenth of February, and now this was, you know, February twenty fifth, ten days later, not feeling any symptoms since maybe the 18th, not feeling any sore throat or anything for a week. So how could I have this? And I tested negative on the 15th and the 14th. So here on the 25th is this, oh, yeah, 23rd, 24th, 23rd, 24th. Sorry, Thursday, the 24th. Here's this, uh, this faint line. So I'm shocked because I'm a relatively, you know, healthy person to begin with. So anytime there's something wrong, I never believe it. <laughs> My body doesn't get sick. <laughs> so I took another test. And sure enough, very faint. Could barely see it. But there was a line there. And I'm like, son of a bee. So my wife, ironically, had a video chat with her doctor on that Thursday because I was I was assuming and I was even saying, well, you know, I'm going to take the test just for the heck of it. I'm, I know I'm 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 negative for covid, but I wonder if I should be wearing a mask around the house in front of you, you know, around you now until you're 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 done with this. And then, of course, I didn't need to because here I was positive as faint as this test was and i don't know if you've ever taken one of these tests but if you've taken the test you know what i'm talking about with the control and the sample and they show you in the directions that even if the line is faint that is considered positive you know you have to have that 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 sample area has to be completely clear for you to be negative just one line there was definitely a faint line as much as i didn't believe it and was angry that was there uh (laughs) because I wasn't feeling anything. Um, it was there. So we got on the video chat with the doctor and uh, the doctor said, well, you know, because she's she's our doctor. She's both of our doctors. And so the doctor said, well, you know, he should probably have a mask on. I said, well, I, I was going to have a mask on except I just tested positive. <laughs> and when I explained my story to her, She's un, in, uh, She was under the belief that, uh, in fact, when I had the sore throat, that probably I did have it. Now, I still find that interesting because that was, you know, Wednesday and Thursday, and my wife didn't feel sick until Sunday or Monday of the next week. So I, you know, I, I and we were around each other. So why wouldn't she have gotten it sooner than that? Why wouldn't she have shown symptoms until almost five or you know four or five days later when I had it? If I had it, and I said you know, but but I said but you know I never had a fever, I never had anything else, I never had shortness of breath, I, I had this sore throat and it was pretty severe on Thursday especially, but then it went away on Friday and I haven't felt a thing since. I said well you know 
That's what's crazy about this disease. It, it affects, you know, this virus, it affects everyone differently. But she said, you probably had it then. I'm like, wow, okay. But, you know, she didn't catch it until Sunday. You're telling me that I had it on, you know, uh, that I was contagious. I had this thing, you know, on Wednesday and Thursday. That's four days later, regardless. So she said, you know what? Today's Thursday. Take a test on Saturday. And, uh, you know, you should probably, because that'll be your 10th day. You'll probably be done on Saturday. But, you know, stay quarantined, you know, and uh, and take a test on Saturday. I'm, I'm sure you'll probably be gone. It'll be done. Okay, fine. Once again, not feeling anything. Wait till Saturday. Take the test on Saturday. And don't you think that faint line is still there? I can't believe it. I'm like, what are we talking about here? I don't feel anything. I haven't felt anything in in almost two weeks. How could I still have this faint line? So I was really now, and once again, it wasn't even a question of we weren't doing anything. I mean, we couldn't go anywhere anyway. We weren't going to go anywhere anyway. It was cold out, and it was a weekend. We're going to stay in. So, I mean, it wasn't like we didn't have any plans. Nothing was happening, although we we were supposed to meet with some friends on Friday. We obviously had to cancel that because my wife tested positive. I mean, we both tested positive, right? I mean, I still was in denial, even though this faint line now happened three times. <laughs> But um, so then on Monday, I took another test because I'm like, okay, I'm going to take another, another two days later. I'm going to take another one here. And finally, on Monday and Tuesday of this of last week, when you're hearing this now, um, completely clear, no faint lines, and so I was I was negative again. I still don't know whether I had it or not. And I still don't know when I had it. Now, my wife is still feeling the effects of it. She took a test. I took a test on um, on February 28th and March 1st and was negative. She took one on, um, on February 28th and was still positive. And, oh, no, March 1st. And was still positive. And we thought she'd be done by then because it was a week. And she's still feeling the effects of it. Not as severe, but every day seems to be a little, sometimes a little better, and then gets worse with um, you know her chest and um, and her throat. So she's still feeling the effects. I have been tested. I tested positive twice, so I'm and I haven't had symptoms, you know, in almost two and a half weeks. So I'm I'm fairly confident that I'm I went through it. And then the other side of of, of when I had this, or if I had this, obviously I had it, but I I don't know when I was contagious because. I was in New York with a friend to see the Elton John concerts, and we were sharing a, a hotel room. And we were not wearing masks when we were in the hotel room. And we went to lunch and dinner and walked around. And so once, as soon as I was positive, I, I texted him and said, hey, uh, I, just so you know, he knew that my wife had it. He was there when I got the message, so I said, uh, you know, just so you know, I, I took a test, and I'm, 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 I'm positive, so you better take a test when you get home. And he took tests, and he was always negative. So I was with him for two days when apparently I had it, unless I got it on the plane home. <laughs> I don't know. 
But I was in a room with this guy, sharing a room, talking, you know, in in restaurants, and he never got it. So I am still a little baffled as to when I got it, how I got it, and yes, if I had it, I'm still questioning it. Now, if you've taken one of these tests, you know, I don't know if you've if you've, if you've been negative or positive, but if you take the test, it's a very interesting test. I took three di- and I took three different kinds of tests. Three different companies. I took the Binax test, the Binax Now, which I think is an Abbott test, the iHealth test, which are the two that came from the government that they sent, and then I had um, uh, another one, uh, CareStart. So I took three different brands of tests because I did not trust these. Now this I'm getting, you know, all I have to say is they all basically work the same. Some are a little more complex than the others. I like the Binex Now one. It seems easier to do. The other two had these vials, and you had to pour this into there and then stir this and pour that into here. It was a couple extra steps uh, that just seemed a little – I mean, at the end of the day, it takes three minutes to do this thing. But I'm just telling you that I, I seem to like the Binex one. The Binex Now test seemed to be a little quicker. You just put six little drops in the thing. You You – Use the swab. You stick it in this in this little holder that you that you uh, with some adhesive, and then it is it, it's it almost looks like a lollipop. Have you seen these things? <laughs> it's like the COVID lollipop. <laughs> and um, the other the other ones have like this little strip that you put the um, the drops in and your sample in, and and that just it looks almost like a home pregnancy test. But uh, the Binax now one by Abbott. It almost looks like a little lollipop. <laughs> and the lollipop one, well, they all, all three of them showed that faint line. So I, I, I guess I had it, but I'm, I'm baffled as to how I had it. I must not have had a severe case when I did have it because I didn't pass it on to my friend. And maybe I was just carrying it at that time. Maybe I wasn't contagious anymore. I don't know. I've got some questions. I really want to, I want to talk to a, a doctor and really see what they think, you know, because even my doctor was, you know, kind of on the fly over the phone and, you know, she was more, you know, interested in my wife's because my, I, I wasn't feeling any symptoms, but I'd really love to know what just happened here. But definitely, if you haven't, have those tests at home because this obviously is still very out there and it's contagious. And I, I have to tell you, I was so happy when, when I got those, when it was clear again. I was like, okay, at least now this verifies what I'm feeling. But it just goes to show you how crazy this virus is. Is aside from this sore throat that was only a couple of days there, severe to some extent that one day, but went away very quickly, and didn't have any other symptoms, and haven't had symptoms since. So. Um, COVID is real. <laughs> I had an interest. Of course, I had an interesting case, right? Yeah, you know, my wife is still struggling through it. Not hospitalized, not hospitalized at all, thankfully. So once again, the the vaccine worked. I mean, she's she's having a tougher time than I had, but she's not being hospitalized. I had a very, I mean, aside from a sore throat, which I've had before, um. I haven't. I didn't have any symptoms. I didn't pass it on to my friend, so I feel good about that. 
But uh, it just goes to show you how crazy uh, this is. But it just goes to show you how infect- or how contagious it is. And even with two vaccinations and a booster, everybody's lifting these mask mandates. But I'm not. I told you before the last two years, I will be wearing a mask for a long time. And I'm still wearing double masks when I go to the grocery store. And, you know, any kind of a large event, I am going to keep that mask on because I don't want to get this again. Because now I've proven that even though I've been double vaxxed and boosted, you can get it. Even though it was very faint. <laughs> I may have had one one little droplet or something in my nose. I don't know. The, these lines were so faint. And I felt like I failed the test. Because I guess I did, right? But oh my gosh, I was so happy when the when 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 the clear one came, especially two days in a row. But it was so faint. But it just goes to show you how unpredictable, uh, and how you 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 know you just never know. But you but you also have to be very cognizant of how you are feeling. And that's the that's the takeaway for me too. Moving forward, is I'm going to be much more aware of what my body is telling me from now on. Um, I guess I should have thought of, I mean, I don't know. I guess when I had the sore throat, I guess my that would be the only thing. When I had the sore throat for two days, even though I tested positive the two days before that, I guess when I had the sore throat, I should have taken another test just out of curiosity. But after taking two in a row, I just felt like, and being negative, I felt I just have a sore throat. I mean, if I, I guess if I hadn't had the play where I was taxing my voice, because that was the only symptom I have. Once again, I told you, no, no fever, uh, no shortness of breath, no, 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 no pain in the chest, no nothing, no respiratory problems, just a sore throat. If I hadn't been in that play where I was task, taxing my, my voice, and and I have had colds and laryngitis after a play in the past, so it just seemed like, well, I got a cold. That's the only thing I can think of because aside from that, I don't know when I would have been exposed. I I I, I certainly let my guard down a week and a half before that and never got any symptoms. And even when supposedly I had it, I didn't have symptoms. While I had it, while I was testing positive, I was not having any symptoms. So did I have it? with the sore throat or did I have it later a week and a half later did I catch it in New York I don't know did I catch it on the play I don't know so a lot of questions I'm still gonna I'm still when when people ask me have do you ever have COVID I am going to say um yes with extent with with extenuating circumstances there to me there's an asterisk next to um have did you ever have COVID I'm going to have to say there's an asterisk. Even though, and if you've taken these tests, and I would urge you to take one just to see, just to take it, you know, go and get the free ones from the from the government. Just take one, just for your state of mind, just to, just so you can see the process and, and experience it. And hopefully you'll be negative. Uh, but, you know, and who knows? You might get a surprise diagnosis like I did. 
So yes, I I believe I had COVID, and yet I don't believe I have COVID. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. Can you be sort of pregnant? I don't know. <laughs> Can you be sort of COVID or not? But I'm grateful that um, hopefully um, I didn't pass on to my friend. I'm hoping I didn't pass on to my wife. I don't think I did because I don't know if I had it then. Somewhere along the line, I got it. It did not affect me seriously at all. And if this if this sore throat was the only symptom I had, it was just two days. And, um, you know, it hurt, but it wasn't an unbearable. At one day, it was a little, you know, like I said, I woke up in the middle of the night. Um, but I just thought I had a, a sore throat from the, you know, from the play, and I caught a cold. So... What I'm saying to you is, if you've been vaccinated, and if you've been boosted, and if you are diligent, you can still get COVID. I know you're tired of of this. I know you've got fatigue. I know you want to get back to normal. I know you don't want to wear a mask everywhere you go in the public, but it's possible. My wife has been quarantined and and masked in public, and she got it, and she's had a, a little tougher time. I, expo- I was exposed over a week and a half period between the play and these concerts, and I'm being on a plane and in an airport, so yes, I was certainly in places where I was not wearing a mask. But I had been in places before without a mask over the last couple of months because of my vaccinations, so we can see that... Everybody's telling us to take masks off. I don't know if if that's really the message. Because I was believing that too. And I got it. And I got it when the surge was 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 on its way down, not in its peak, but on its way down I got it. So it just goes to show you it takes a second. So everybody's taking off their masks. We're all we think this is over with. I don't know. Speaking from personal experience, even though thankfully I had a very, if I, if if I did have it and I obviously did, I can't you hear me? I'm still in denial. (laughs) Um, yes, I had it. Okay. I'll, I'll admit I had it, but thankfully the vaccine must've worked because I had, uh, very mild symptoms, even though I had this sore throat. If that was it, I don't know if that was it though. That was a week at, that was a week before. I mean that seems to be you had the sore throat, right? But I wasn't lethargic. I didn't have a fever. I didn't have any any pains. I didn't have a shortness of breath. And that was a week before. It was 10 days before I I um I tested positive. 9 or 10 days before. So I don't know if that sore throat really was COVID. A lot of mystery here. But yes, as faint as the line was, I guess I had COVID. But I'm still going to put that asterisk there. (laughs) All I'm saying is be smart, stay safe, take a test. We're still not out of the woods yet. And if you get it, I hope you get a mild case like I had, I think. 
And so ends another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. And don't forget, your job doesn't end there just by listening. Get out there, send a message, send a link to your friends and family, and tell them that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. Your loyalty and devotion is much appreciated. Hope you enjoyed episode number 302. I'm Jim Toronto. I ain't here on business. I'm only here for fun. You've been listening to Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic from the end of the web to your screen. <laughs> I still don't believe I had it. Okay, I did, but the line was so faint. <laughs>